Ramble. Well, hello everyone. A happy new year from the Smosh Cast, guys. Since it's now 2020, I figure why not? Why don't we just talk about 2019 for a second? This was our first year ever doing a podcast. Uh, we did 44 episodes in total. I guess we have maybe around 3,000 minutes of audio or 50 hours of us just talking about. Um, absolutely nothing. And I just want to say uh, thank you guys so much for being there uh, through all this nonsense. Uh, the podcasts have been really fun to do. I learned a lot about each other. I hope that you guys learned a little something about us and something about the world. Let's take this moment to uh, look back at some of our favorite moments from the first year of the Smoshcast. So we'll start at the very beginning and work our way through chronologically. So this first clip that I want to show you guys is Courtney, myself, and Damien. And we're talking about uh, sexuality. And Courtney has a little surprise for us. Lily Singh, she tweeted, and it's kind of the same thing. Like, like It's like you said, with John Wayne, you're like, oh, what do you think, a 1970s cowboy? Of course he had that kind of opinion type mm. thing. Lily Singh tweeted, um... I'm a woman, I'm colored, I'm bisexual, and these are my powers. When I, and apparently that was her coming out. Mm-hmm. Right, and like yeah, For me, yeah. it was like, we've been new. Like, I thought, <laughs> I was like, wait, I thought everybody knew that. We've been new. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I thought it was a thing. I mean, you can never assume. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you never want to. True. And that, obviously that's that's one other thing. You you never want to out somebody. Of course. Unless, sure. unless they've clearly outed themselves. Yeah. Especially if you get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, can, yeah. Imagine if I tweeted, like, yeah, like, you know, how Lily sings bisexual, and she, like, didn't even say anything yeah, like that. That, yeah. that would not be good. A world of oops. Yeah. yeah. Big old basket of whoopsie daisies. I think it's that's super important. It's not just, it's not just like, sexuality, but also people that struggle with, with uh, mental, mental health. Yeah. Uh, people that struggle. Health, Normalizing sure. yeah. those things is so important. And, yeah. like, that's, that's the thing, too. Like, I am not straight. Mm-hmm. That's something that I only recently started working through and I'm still kind of working through it, but it is something that I've felt is important for people to know because it's like, let, let's normalize, like it's so important sure. to normalize things that people are insecure about. Like I'm still a little insecure about like what exactly it is. Like mm-hmm. I remember when I I didn't even realize it and literally until a couple years ago when I started because I grew up in the Mormon uh, church and sure. and when I was 12 I realized that Mormons hated or a lot of them not I won't generalize but when Prop 8 the gay marriage yeah. like proposition was a thing a lot of my friends in the Mormon church were like gays yeah. are bad all this terrible thing and I was like whoa and I and I left the church at that point mm-hmm. wasn't until I was. 21 ish that I was like I mean all my life I'd kind of wondered and like mm-hmm. the fact that I kept wondering it wasn't like a like a, a naive like am I gay I don't know it mm-hmm. was definitely like man this is something that I need to relax and like think about because for so long I was like yeah I'm straight that's what I am because that's what I thought I was supposed to be but like there was so many conflicting things with that I don't know if I'm bisexual but because like that that's kind of limiting to gender because I've definitely found people who are gender fluid like attractive mm-hmm. just I think I don't know everybody's hot 
Yeah. I don't know, man. Like it's a spectrum. <laughs> and I remember the first people I told were it was definitely Matt Robb and Joe Beretta were there. It was a Defy Media Christmas party. Whoa. And that was the first time. I didn't time, know this. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I'd said out loud that I don't think I'm straight. And for because the longest time I like was just thinking about it and kind of like let those walls down that I'd had up for a long time. Sure, I'm sure. hot in the face right now. Well, um, I fully support everything you're saying. Yeah, and I think yeah. the yeah. coolest thing is there might be a kid or anybody out there right now who really needs to hear this. Especially yeah. coming from you. And it, and it feels very much like a fluid thing. And I also, I have, I think I have a weird type too. Like, because, mm-hmm. okay, when I was a kid, my mom had a lot of drawing books and like comic book books, including this Wonder Woman one that I always loved. I really loved the artwork and everything. And so literally a couple months ago, I messaged my mom and I was like, hey, like, do you have that Wonder Woman book? That's super old one. I'd love to like add it to my collection. I have drawing books. I have a Guardians of the Galaxy book, like for my coffee table. And she sent it to me and I'm going through it and it's just really sexually charged drawings of women. And I was like, oh, okay. That's why I like looking at that. So basically my type is Wonder Woman. Just (laughs) I mean, I think that's something we can all agree on. And before my knuckles are super dry. (laughs) Okay. Um before fans get weird, I just like something I realized throughout all this just now is like Olivia and I have kissed in videos. Calm down. We definitely do those for you. I'm not like Olivia shipping, Cortivia shipping is a fun thing, but like I'm not attracted to Olivia. I'm not attracted to any Mari, Sarah, nobody. I like not, it's not like, oh, every girl is a potential for me. Like it's, I mean, that's a general thing. It's the same thing. It's It's the same for all that. Yeah, I'm straight. Not every girl that I interact with, I have to date. Our first video together, (laughs) our first video together, speed drawing, like people were immediately, since I was this new girl in a video making sexual comments. Like it's just, Uh, it's just what happens. But yeah, I just wanted to disclose that. Like, Olivia, I love you. I'll kiss you any day you need. But like, I'm not into (laughs) you like that. Sorry, babe. Like, (laughs) um, but yeah. Well, I I applaud you for talking about this. I really do. Because I think you, like you said, whatever whatever the thing is whether it's whether it's mental health whether it's sexuality whether it's gender yes. whether it's anything like things are only quote unquote weird because we don't talk about them mm-hmm. that's why like when I get the opportunity I talk about mental health stuff all the time anxiety panic attacks paranoia like all that good stuff I deal with that I mm-hmm. do and it's only weird because it's not talked yeah. about and that's it's yep. Not your job to talk about it necessarily, but I think you have done and can mm. do a lot of good because there's someone out there right yeah. now who's just like probably bawling, being like, oh my God, that's me and it's okay. Oh. Like, yeah. I'm proud of you. It's and so I think, important. And I think you, you bring up a good point where, where you said, I don't know what I am and yeah. that's mm. and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Because too. I think I think people feel such a need to adhere themselves to a specific identity yeah. that they might mm. not actually completely yeah. people need to label things yeah and feel we, secure yeah. and but like we should probably stop doing that so much yeah, completely. <laughs> but i, but I, I, I think, think that a... there is there is some safety in that and saying mm-hmm. i don't know but i'm yeah. figuring it out and especially like young people like yeah everybody's everybody's had the thought before like am i yeah everyone what wonders. is what is this you know i didn't know what anxiety was until like 16 because it's not something that was talked about sure. and i wasn't on the internet that much at that time it's like yeah. You, yeah. you got to talk about that stuff. People need to know. 
I was diagnosed OCD two years ago and I had no idea that what I was experiencing was OCD because I just took that yeah. as like, I've got to organize stuff and check this doorknob six times. That is OCD. And it's just yeah. like, oh no, it's the way my mind works and how yeah. I deal with things, which leads to anxiety, yada, yada, yada. And I've got to say, you know, even though this doesn't have to do with sexuality, I can understand the comfort in finding a label. Um, you know, even if it's better to maybe not label so you can like figure things out, you know, finding out that I had a word for what I was feeling. I could be like, ah, I have OCD. Yeah. It's the same way with someone who goes like, I'm bi, got it, check, yeah. done. Like, yeah. you know. I definitely like the most secure way to say it for me is just being like, oh, yeah, I'm not straight. Like, mm -hmm. that's just because yeah. and I, I it could be pansexual. It could just be bisexual. I don't know, whatever. But like. I just realized in these last couple years, and it was like right as I was in a new relationship that I was like, wow. And like, I I remember I was I was coming out to certain people, but like my stomach growled just so loud. I hope you all heard that. I did not hear that. Um, some people, I didn't go about it the right way. Like I thought people knew already and they'd be like, oh, I didn't know that. And like, yeah. I, I definitely had some people that probably got upset when they found out like there's, and you never, you'll never really know who's tolerant of that stuff. Like there's, mm. I didn't know that I had a homo homophobic person in my friend circle. Like you don't, mm -hmm. you'll never know. And sometimes, yeah, you'll just, you will never find that out. But yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy, man. It's been a journey. Sometimes people need time to like, you know, maybe if they were like, I don't know, but like, I think I said this in my stream recently, somebody was just like, I came out to some friends and my best friend won't talk to me now. Mm -hmm. And I, I said like, unfortunately, try your best to be the bigger person and forgive them for mm -hmm. yourself for now to try to like save yourself a lot of grief because they might not have never actually been exposed to anybody that they knew was gay before. And then once they do some thinking, they'll be like, oh, yeah. that person is still that person. Holy crap. And so then two weeks later in the stream, they're like, yo, my best friend reached out and apologized and now we're oh, hanging out again. Great. And it's just like, well, there you go. Like, yeah. yeah. And that, that yeah. person that was upset when they found out they didn't they didn't tell me they were upset i could just very much tell and mm. then they basically told me that they are homophobic later but <laughs> they're still in my life i think it's okay to have people around like don't just keep people with the same opinions as you i mean it's good to have those people but it's also good i mean homophobia is a terrible yeah, thing yeah that's that's not an opinion we yeah. really we really welcome There's, around yeah, these parts no no <laughs> and yeah. just be tolerant be accepting whatever yeah. like not whatever but you know what i mean that person's still in my life I don't hate them. It's, you know, like we are all here on our own path. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Courtney. That's yeah. that that takes a lot. Um and I think you know, for for some of the people listening, I think that's something that that needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. Um I I'm always a big supporter of of, you know, getting these sort of problems mm -hmm. out here and that's what podcasts are really good for because you know, everyone's struggling with something, mm -hmm. and uh, it's nice to hear that that other people have these yeah, things going on. Totally. Um, with with my ex Pam, she was a she was a cancer survivor, yeah. and mm. she always kept it secret. Yeah, and dude. and when we were together, I, I told her like this is this is you could help people by by talking about it, mm -hmm. raising awareness. Totally. And um, when she had her sort of last scare, she she then started talking about it more and talking about it more mm -hmm. and being more involved in, in the community. It's awesome. And it really helps people. 
Ah, uh, what a what a sweet sweet clip. Okay, so this next one is uh, episode five, where it's Courtney, myself, and Matt Pat from the Game Theorists, and Matt Pat brings up uh, one of the worst ideas that was ever pitched to Smosh back in the Defy days. Enjoy. So, did you have a hand in like the strategy at all, or like like uh, when we, when we brought in like? I just want to know in depth a little bit more. Man, like, my, my secret role behind the scenes. I know. You're the agent Cody Banks of Defy. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, I'm bringing in the weirdest, oldest, most obscure <laughs> no, These pop culture references are gold right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's inter- and it's funny to hear Ian talk about like Defy, like the higher ups at Defy wanting to fast forward that process yeah. and kind of like... Just shoe- jam it down their throats. Yeah, shoehorn it in as quickly yeah. as possible because this was the same group of people who are also promoting the idea of doing black smosh. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, God. unironically <laughs> wanting to do black smosh. Yep. Which I which I'm, I wasn't sure, like, had you had those conversations with the team? Clearly, based on your reaction, you yeah, did. There, there was somebody, there was somebody higher up. I'm not going to say their name. For mi- for many years, for many years, <laughs> one of their story. one of their dream projects was to create Black Smosh, which they, what they wanted to do was um, cast a group of black people <laughs> to uh, create, uh, shall we say, urban comedy. They were like, well, you know, there's this whole other audience out there. So we just need to create black smoke. Well, yeah, I mean, basically the thought process of this person in the meetings that we were having was, well, we have this back catalog of funny scripts. So if we just, you know, change out the two white dudes for different demographics, Mm -hmm. we have tons of new verticals and basically you reuse the same scripts, but just kind of like mix it up a little bit. And and it was and and it was it his first spinoff was always going to be black smosh followed by you know female smosh oh. gay smosh like it was bad yeah yeah that's yeah. rough like that that, that is that is, is so truly spilling the tea every every time they brought it up and that's really funny I've never mentioned. I've never mentioned the whole black smosh thing. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably smart uh, of you to not mention yeah, it. Yeah, but every time they brought it up, it was just like, no, no, and not and it, I, and here's another weird freaking reference: uh, hairspray. How there's like Negro Day on the dancing show. Oh like that God. doesn't. And I'm sorry, that's rough. But like that's it's just that I get that vibe when I hear about what, the, what they were trying to do. Well, and and the thing was, you know, the first time because because again, I'm this young guy. Yeah who, you know, has only been working at this company for about a year, but I'm like the guy who understands YouTube. I'm the guy who's been able to build up my own channel in the background. Mm-hmm. Like I was the representative of like the digital video ecosystem mm-hmm. and optimization, right? And so I'm in these rooms with all these traditional media guys who had been working in TV for years and had, you know, decent levels of success there. You know, suddenly now, like, let's figure out ways to capitalize off of these these brands that we have and this and that. And he tosses out this idea. And at first, like everyone, you know, me and a couple other people in the room are like, ha that's, you know, that's an idea. But really, and, and but they were so serious about it was the thing. Like they legitimately thought that there was no problem with it and that it was totally fine. Mm-hmm. And of, of course, at that point, the conversation fundamentally shifts to like, oh no, you're taking it like, absolutely uh, not. Do not do this. This is yeah. horrific for so many to, reasons. Were they wanting to call it that? Like actually? Well, that was always just the sort like the of- working um, title? Yeah, the working <laughs> title. Uh, and, and by the way, there, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, 
two two black dudes doing comedy. Obviously, yeah. Key and Peele yeah. was probably one of the greatest sketch shows ever made. But it's it, it wasn't for the sake of representation. It was for the sake of of like let's just get this other thing going to appeal to this other group because because we don't believe that uh two white guys are going to be enjoyed by black people this is this is actually why i'm shocked to hear that you also know this because to me when that was brought up in the room i'm like this is unbelievable i can't believe that someone would actually legitimately think of this as an idea and so now to hear that it was also brought up to you and you also had to shoot it down yeah multiple times like it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, it kind of became a running joke uh, about this person uh, <laughs> because it's just ludicrous. Right? It doesn't make any sense. It's amazing. That's wild. Uh, yeah. So there you go. The I, I do remember the other joke that he would toss out when it came to like some of the other verticals and obviously bringing up like gay smosh LGBT smosh because that's a whole new community the joke was though that they already had gay smosh because you and Anthony were already hosts Anthony baby did they did they toss that joke your way probably okay (laughs) there was like there was like another just so we have full transparency Mm, here of what was being said behind the scenes yes yeah oh my god I mean you gotta keep those fan fictions going Uh, sure so this next clip uh, comes from episode 10, and it's with myself, Shane, and our writer, Monica, and they discuss a scrapped idea called Tinder for Hot Dogs. Enjoy. Monica had a few pitches. She was like, this sketch, this sketch, and Tinder for Hot Dogs was an idea I had, and I just go, yes, <laughs> Shane Tinder was all in, dogs. so I was like, this is obviously a great idea and yeah. viable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then I pitched it at a pitch meeting, and uh, no one gave it the respect it deserved. Well, hold on, I'm pretty sure I said something akin to "yes." <laughs> I mean, dude, Tinder, come on. For, first of all, beyond a sketch, it's a good idea. It's just a generally, genuinely good product. You you want a hot dog, but there's many types of hot dogs. But mm-hmm. the world, our economy, doesn't cater to differentiating between hot dog tastes. Right. And for being like, for hot dogs being such an American food, we Mm -hmm. don't like, we don't put it in the spotlight enough. We really don't. This is true. And it's like, sometimes you're in the mood for Nathan's, sometimes you're in the mood for Hebrew National. But see, you're talking about different brands. We're going beyond that. See, Tinder for hot dogs, (laughs) from the simplicity of an app on your phone. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) You're getting like, do you want a bratwurst? Do you want, do you want beef? Do you want turkey? These are all the different types of, of dogs. What flavor, dog, what flavor profile do you want? What flavor profile? What sauces do you want? Uh, you know, it, it gets any type of buns you get. Oh, my God. The extremes, you know. And you want to know that it's close by. Like, I want to know that I don't have to travel more yeah, than Yeah, you want to see how close. And you can you can mm. specify in your bio. It's like dogs under uh, under six inches. Swipe, swipe, <laughs> swipe left. <laughs> Get really specific with it. This podcast is brought to you by Tinder for Hot Dogs. <laughs> No, it's great. It's that. a great idea. It's it's funny, but it's also good. I um I have to admit, I tried to write it. <laughs> I got nowhere. I think uh, uh, Ryan yeah, Finnerty like left me an hour to write it, and I tried so hard. I got six lines in, and I was like, I'm just gonna work on something else because I hate this while just I'm working. Just hand on it. hand me the reins, and I'll give you a, an autobiography on Tinder for hot dogs. 
you're going to write Tinder for Hot Dogs. Is that what you're saying right but here? But an autobiography. So from, a, the, point from the point of view of, of your Tinder life, for Hot Dogs. I don't know what I was going with. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a book the size of the Odyssey Well, for Tinder for Hot Dogs. You know what I think? I think if enough listeners give us a five-star review <laughs> with the review saying make Tinder for Hot Dogs – then we're gonna we're gonna have to make Tinder yes, for hot dogs. If we get enough, those dogs. we get enough five star reviews. And if you on guys, this podcast, and if you guys go to the YouTube and and like it and subscribe, yes. If we get fifty thousand likes on YouTube <laughs> on this on the Smoshcast YouTube video about this, we'll make Tinder for hot dogs. Make my dreams come true, please. Somebody do something for Shane for. Once. I can't stress. <laughs> I can't stress how much I want Tinder for Hot Dogs made, and this is the only way that it's going to get made, guys. You have to, you all have to come out in droves and support this podcast in every way possible on YouTube, on on Spotify, on iTunes, in every way, and Tinder hot do- Tinder for Hot Dogs will will come to fruition. Make it happen. Make it make happen. it happen, guys. Please. So yeah, so then eventually we did create the Tender for Hot Dogs video. It was a video that we enjoyed making very much. It was very silly. Um, Damien sings in it. It's pretty great. This next clip uh, comes from episode 13 with myself, Shane, and Courtney. And this is when I started sort of the meme of uh, me wanting to date Courtney's sister. I found that it makes Courtney extremely uncomfortable, so I decided to dig in further because I am an annoying person like that. Enjoy. I'm a working woman and like, I don't need a no partner. Man. I, mean, I don't need no man. I mean, cause- Or woman. It's pretty cool. I was I was actually out with my sister last night and I was telling her about that. She like took my hand and she was like, I'm really proud of you. And was, Aww, that's great. Yeah, because really it's not what it's all about, you know? The sister that, um, that you're gonna hook me up with on a date? Wow. Wow. We've been <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've been uh It's a it's a we've been bothering joke. Courtney. It's a joke. It's a sure. joke. Sure it is. Dude. <laughs> let me let me tell it at okay. least. Okay, yeah, sure. so we're all single, la di da. But Ian's been like can I say slang and dong? No, I'm but not you slang and dong. You're not. No dong has been slang. <laughs> Ian has not slang a single dong. How dare guys. How dare you appropriate my word and then use it in you I, falsely. I, how you dare know, you claim sorry. I slang dong? Well, he's been dating. He's been he's been in the dating pool and and you know, going on dates. I've been following leads, but I haven't I haven't really been <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I haven't been. Is this how you pursue women? Successfully ah, dating a suspect. I guess. I'm like. I'm like. That's. I think a that's suspect. an. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. I'd like to take you out to dinner for questioning. I'd like some evidence that we might be compatible. I mean, yeah. That's that's kind of how how it's been. Well, anyway, he's so that's what he, he's been following leads of sus- suspecting women. Mm-hmm. And we were having a conversation the other day of like, oh, who can we set him up with? And I made a joke that my older sister was recently, she's newly single, but they would not work. Why? (laughs) 
it's weird for me. But it's not about you, Courtney. It's about it's about it's about my happiness and your sister's happiness. That's that's right, Courtney. Dude. <laughs> Oh my god, this is so awkward. Look, look, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Look, like, you, look, your sister and I are the same age, roughly. We both live near each other, so that's great for LA. Dude, boy, you live close to each other. Well, I guess it's evidence of a, that is a lead. We have a lead in LA. If you live close to somebody, that's like that's half of the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it. I've 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 definitely ended. <laughs> I've definitely I ended a thing once because it was just too far away. Oh you're like, God. oh, you're in Santa Monica. Uh, we were, we were. Ooh. It was literally like we were, we were a solid like 20 miles away, and like Oof. in any other state, that'd be fine. But it got to a point where I was like, I am. This is crushing me. Like my back hurts from driving <laughs> so much. I, you get I to their can. house and you just fall asleep on their bed. I was like, I'm just like, I'm exhausted every time we hang out. Like, I can't Aww. do this. And it's, also, like, it just wasn't, ha- like, it, it, sure. there was more reasons, was obviously, more it. but sure. it wasn't. That but was, it's mostly the distance. If she had lived closer, I would have been like, I'll give this more of a shot. I mean, but. the weird thing is, 20 miles, if you're coming from Los Angeles, that's a long distance relationship. Yeah, it essentially is, because it's over an hour to, like, yeah. get to each other. That's awful. Yeah, no, I'm not God. gonna have you date an older version of myself, sorry, dude. But she's not. She's not like I've I've met her before. She's not like you. Yeah. No, we're very different. But she, I feel like she's. I don't know. You guys. Oh, whoa, are whoa, not. whoa, whoa! Hold on, hold on. Does she have a Keur- a Keurig? Does she have a Keurig? Does she have a Keurig? Does she drink coffee? I don't think she has a Keurig. Oh no! But she's she, nothing. That's like another you, lead, Ian. That's she's another nothing lead. Nothing like you. What do you guys? What do you guys think at home? What should should Courtney set it up? No, no. <laughs> I talked I talked to Carrie about it, and oh. she was like, "I would." She's like, "No." <laughs> oh. But is she just saying that for your sake, or she, yeah? You know, did she and, say? Did she say you? No, she didn't say you. Mm. Carrie, I'm so sorry. Does, Does she, she listen, listen to, to this? this? Maybe sometimes if I'm on it. <laughs> My family only listens if I'm not on it. Does your dad? <laughs> does your dad listen to this podcast? Mm-hmm. Or he watches it? Do you think he would approve? Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, before you know. even start dating, can you get our, your father's blessing for Ian? Yeah, yes. you know, now. if you get it if out you want to, sure, Ian, go for it. Shoot your shot. Okay. I dare you. Um, uh, Mister. No, no, in person. You don't do no, I'm, a I'm, I'm addressing him on the podcast. <sighs> Sorry, Dad. Mr. Miller. <laughs> Say your condolences for the robbery. My condolences for the robbery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> may I have your daughter's hand in marriage? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to cut straight to the point. I'm done That's waiting. That's smart. I'm ready. Smart. I'm ready to commit. Kicking it old school. Oh my god! Dang. Could you imagine what my? I just like. I all I can think about right now is the wonderful Thanksgiving dinner oh, we would all have. I I'd come to your house and we'd all just have a lovely dinner together. <sighs> we'd share stories. You know, talk about the time uh, your sister and I went to Cozumel. Oh my god! <laughs> some pina coladas by the by the beach. Guys, wow. go uh. on. 
That's it. We only took one trip. Oh, yeah. This is early on. Yeah, because, I mean... This is only, what, seven months in? Well, we're talking about this Thanksgiving. Yeah, this Thanksgiving. So we're only, like, a few months into Yeah, only a few months in. So one trip to Cozumel at that point is is fair. Yeah, it's enough. Yeah. Yeah. But Paris next year... Yeah, that's probably where I'll propose. Yeah, you'd propose there. Right at the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you already got my dad's blessing, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Wow. It's been really, it's been awesome. Love this. This is really sweet. I just don't know what to say. What if this, Carrie came on the podcast? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This next clip, um, gosh, this is going to get emotional. This is episode 14, where I bring my ex-girlfriend on the podcast. Uh, Mari is our mediator. I believe uh, this clip is just us talking about our relationship and the failings and what led to us breaking up. So this one's, this one's pretty emotional. You're, you're committed to this relationship. You're, you, you've been in this relationship for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Things start to happen. How does that, how did that make you feel, Ian? Like, how does that take a toll on you? Because you're not expecting this. And in, in so many ways, when we start a relationship, it's like, that is the last thing you think that you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, one of the signs for me that I felt like, you know, this, this was like a real a real, real relationship where there was real, real feelings was the fact that, you know, Pam told me that she had a, she had a risk of cancer and that she had a history of cancer before we even started legitimately dating. Um, so that was sort of my out. That was like, that was like, here's the door. If, if you're not, if you're not about this, like, you know, Pam was like straight up. She's like, you know, you, you might have to live with the fact that I might die at an early age. And, and, it didn't really bother me. I mean, obviously, the thought of her dying. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> the, the thought of her dying greatly bothered me, but it didn't scare me away. Right. You're um, like, I can take this on. Yeah. It didn't, didn't, yeah, that didn't, to me, that wasn't a reason to end things. Yeah. Um, and at that time, Pam hadn't told anybody really about, about her it was history my... of cancer. You literally told your your past boyfriend, mm-hmm. like whoever you were in a relationship with when you were ha- when you were going through that, but mm-hmm. you didn't tell your parents. Didn't tell my parents. You didn't tell anybody, nobody on the internet knew, like a couple friends knew, mm-hmm. and you told me. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of openness like really created this sort of connection between us, I feel. Well, and also too, like you were talking about when, when I told you about that and you thought about like, there's a chance that this could happen, um, there's this thing where you try to imagine scenarios like you try to imagine your significant other dying and like the way that it plays out in your head is never how it's going to play out in real life so i feel that although you were like i can i can handle this when it actually started happening there was there, there was something to it that was not necessarily missing but it, it just hits you harder than you thought it would because um you know uh, a good portion of the the reason that I, I, you know, ended the relationship is because I couldn't deal with someone not being emotionally supportive for me while I was in the hospital. Like, I mean, I don't want to go into detail because, you know, I still believe that you're a very good person, but 
you know, at the time it was just, I wasn't as important and that's what it felt like. Yeah. That was, that was the thing. I think the, and we can, we can either get to that now or we can get to that later. But I, I mean, the, the sort of straw, the straw that broke the camel's back was I was set to go, um, on a business trip. Uh, and it was, I was only gonna be gone for two, three days. The night before I left, uh, you started feeling abdominal pain and we had been through this before and you know i was always there at the hospital as much as i could be and it was at this point it kind of it was almost routine right yeah and so so it was like okay no problem um i'm gonna go on this trip and you know whatever will happen will happen it's probably the same exact thing as it was before and i'll be right back and i'll be there and I'll be there for you. But you clearly had different needs for, you know, how you see a relationship being and how you see the person being there for you. And I wasn't there for you as much as you needed me to be do in you, those situations. Do you think that um, one of the reasons that you weren't there as much is because it bothered you, like the pain and the, the suffering, like bothered you so much to the point that you couldn't tolerate being or not tolerate but it just you were uncomfortable being around when it was happening because it hurt so much or is it like one of those i i really i haven't really broken down exactly why you weren't there you know like what do you i mean maybe you don't have something to explain that with but i just any insight would i think like i said it it just it it became almost like a routine. Like, you know, we had, we had been through it before. Um, it didn't seem like it was anything new. So we kind of knew what the outcome would be if we figured it was another torsion and it was right. (laughs) But what ended up happening is that was, that was the final, that was the final one, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, no, no, there's one more. after. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, That's right. There's one more after. So yeah, there was another torsion. Um, I was out on my trip and then, and then, you know, I came back, I had to deal with some stuff at the office and, and, you know, it, and Ryan, Ryan, who's, <laughs> who's our writers sitting behind the camera, uh, was there, was there that day. Uh, and he was like, and he's like, you good? Like you, you like Pam's in the hospital. You should probably go, go see her. I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get over there. Like I just, you know, I need to, I need to finish this, and then, and then I'm gonna go. And the hospital is like, I mean, it was two miles away from the office, so. It sounds like you run to your defense mechanism, which is running to work, because that that that's the thing that makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. It's almost like your, it's like your safe place, and it, it's a way to to run away from things, which I totally get Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the reasons why my schedule is like packed to the brim because it's like that's how I know that my life is like like good like you know like it it, it gives you some sort of security to know that it's there Um, and from the outside that's what it sounds like because having to deal with it is just so difficult and I think also like I, I was just I'm very much an optimist and I've always I was always an optimist in our relationship. Whenever she was, you know, worried about whatever whatever pain you were feeling, Pam, I was always just like, uh, we don't know. We yeah. don't know until the doctors tell us. Yeah. Like and you know, you're like, you know, be be prepared for for loss, you know. I could I could get this and I could be gone in a year or six months or 
you know, one time you were diagnosed and they said you had a few months to live. Mm-hmm. So you, you're not, not well. Oh, well, I mean, not, technically at the ER kind of, but my, that the one that kind of, it was way before. Yeah. Our it was relationship. way before our relationship. Uh, so, I mean, your, your sort of outlook on everything is very different from mine. You've obviously, I'd say I was a realist <laughs> for my life, <laughs> right, right. not everybody's lives. Once you've had a life of just stuff is what I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you you become very aware that the good that you have is sometimes only fleeting, and that bad stuff is around the corner. So maybe sort of a pessimist, but I'm still I'm still a very positive person. You know, it's so interesting because from the outside, I, it it really is like you guys are like reading two different books because I can totally see it like from Pam's perspective like you've been through all this stuff you know how hard it can be and you see it from like a realist point of view um and and so much emotion comes from that where you're like you just almost want to like you want it to be like romantic almost where you're just like this could be the last one you know like mm-hmm. like I just want to feel all those things and then I can totally understand your perspective of just like no no no, no. like it maybe it's not that bad like let's keep our head up and uh, keep things positive but to you it feels like you're not being validated where it's like you're going through all this stuff sorry yeah Pam doesn't feel validated in what she's going through when Ian is being the best person he knows he could be uh, by just being optimistic. And it's like, it's interesting because we grew up with the saying, like, treat others the way you want to be treated. But I think as we grow older, we have to really understand that you have to treat the other person how they want to be treated. And it's like, you, you guys were speaking your own languages as opposed to speaking each other's languages. That's very astute, Mari. Damn, we're getting <laughs> deep in here, you guys. Are you ready? <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. That was a th- yeah, that was a good pod. I I kind of I forgot like how good of a pod that was. We we're like, damn, damn, shit got real. Uh, this next one is episode seventeen. This is uh, one that I did with uh, Damien and Shane. We talked about how I screwed up the two truths one lie video that we did with Pam, uh, my ex, and uh, yeah. Enjoy. This week is a little bit of a rough one because I had to give a final approval of the two truths, one lie that I did with uh, Pamela. Right, right. Um, for those of you who don't know, oh, Pamela the- being my ex-girlfriend. And uh, I thought it'd be such a hilarious idea to do two truths, one lie with her. And uh, th- that video will be out by the time this podcast comes out. So if you haven't uh, watched it. Watch it right after you listen to all this. Can we um, speak freely about what happened? Yes, yes. I thought it'd be hilarious, and I was like, okay, one of the great, one of the great lies that I'm gonna drop on her at the very end is that I cheated on her, and then obviously that didn't happen, so that was gonna be the lie. Mm-hmm. Then something happened. I was obviously like very nervous during yeah. that part, and I was very excited. And I had been waiting a long time to do this two truths one lie, and it was this was the moment. And she was she was uh, confusing me with her word jazz, and um, <laughs> and whatever it's called what, English. <laughs> like she was like saying things. I, I I've had to watch it back like six times to understand where it all went wrong. But basically, I for a moment forgot how the game was played, 
And uh, then she guessed that the lie was that I cheated on her. Which is which, correct. Which is correct. Yeah. And so she's supposed to spray me if she gets it right. I, for some reason, sprayed her, which then proceeded to yeah. uh, 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 what then happened next was probably one of the worst moments in my life mm-hmm. where I sprayed her. Then I realized, oh, shit, she thinks I cheated on her and this is the moment that i reveal it to her spraying her in the face with water in um, public on camera on camera in front of people and you were la- you were kind of like laughing yeah. as you did like, it yeah. gotcha and like the moment the water like hit her face i realized like looking at her reaction i was like wait wait she thinks i cheated oh god oh no oh no and like and you guys you damien and shane mm-hmm. like you guys were in the the peanut gallery mm-hmm. and i told you guys this though that i was going to drop that yeah and so you guys knew you guys were ready for it and you're like what are you doing you're playing the game wrong yeah what was what was going well, I have some y- thoughts on that. You oh. kind of caught it. No, I was going to say you kind of caught what it might have what might have so caused his confusion. We rewatched it the other day to give like notes on it. And mm-hmm. first of all, I will say like you didn't just come up with that idea out of the blue. Like Olivia had one of the best two truths, one lies of all time with her right. boyfriend Sam by dropping the bombshell of "I'm pregnant," which yeah. was also the lie. But just that moment was great. So yes. I think that inspired. Yes, I was like, so. I was like, oh, I, I'm going to one up it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and no matter so, what, and and no matter what, we did know, like, you did have to know, because it was the same with Olivia, by saying, oh, I cheated on you, we obviously know it's a lie, but there's still that moment of, like, there's the 0.01% chance of, like, is he really willing to do this? Like, whatever. And so you could see that kind of with her. Are she, you that crazy of a man? Because yeah. Pam goes, like, oh, well, I definitely know you wouldn't reveal it like this. So that's that's the thing. Yeah. So when we watched it again, um, we caught where the mix-up happened. So it's two truths, one lie, right? So she's dissecting it after you say everything. It's, yeah. uh, I prefer whatever type of peanut butter I uh, done on my mom's birthday, and I cheated on you. Yeah. Um, so she says, well... I know you didn't cheat on me. That's for sure. And then she continues on. Yeah. So if she really knew that she she also playing the game correctly, should have said, like, that is for sure the lie. But she says, I know you didn't cheat on me. So that, okay, that one. And yeah. so she keeps going. And so you're thinking, all right, she's correct about that. True. So then next. Yeah. And so the idea of true got switched up for both of y'all there. She's like, well, I know you didn't cheat on me. So let me go to the other ones. And then she kept dissecting them. And then that's when you were like, well, wait, so you're trying to find the lie. And she's like, oh, that's right. Well, I know you didn't <laughs> cheat on me. So because that first switch happened for you in your mind, yeah. when she revealed like, okay, uh, lie, you, uh, you didn't cheat on me. And it's like, no, the lie is that I cheated on you. Not that I didn't cheat on you. So it got reversed for both of you guys. <laughs> It's it was confusing. just more it's, visceral for her. It's also the most simple game in the universe, and this is the second time that I've messed it up because I messed it up the last time I played it. I think, um, hey. and so and so like I sprayed her in the face, and then obviously she she got very upset, mm-hmm. which I completely understand. And uh, and then we we had to we had to cut the cameras for a moment, and you know allow allow everyone to like settle down a little bit, and I'm like. I, that was a complete mess up. I didn't cheat on you, and this is not the reveal that I did on camera. And <laughs> it was it was the it was the worst it was the worst feeling ever. And and I uh, you know people everyone was very was very thoughtful uh, afterwards, and everyone you know wanted to make sure we were okay. And I was yeah. and they were like, "Are you all right?" And I'm like, "Well, it turns out um, I really don't like hurting the people I care about." Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> I felt bad for you too. I felt bad for both of you, but I ran into you in the bathroom. I ran into you in the bathroom afterwards. I was like, hey man, are you doing okay? And you're like, well, I'm worried about Pam. And I was like, yes. And I know that as well. We, you know, we all are, but like, you know, obviously you didn't mean to do that. I'm worried about you too. Mm-hmm. And then Pam comes out of one of the restroom stalls and just says, am I in the wrong bathroom? <laughs> oh yeah. Just like, Hi, Hi Pam. <laughs> what the fuck? It was the weirdest moment. I, I definitely felt bad for her. We cut a lot. Cause yeah. Yeah, I mean, she knew pretty quickly, like we cleared it up very quickly, but still that just reaction yeah. of like, Oh my God. Cause yeah, what we cut was her being sprayed with a super soaker and then be like you cheated on me and like yeah. and we were all just like oh no and you were just like I, I could tell in that moment I felt bad because you looked at her like what, what? obviously no like yeah. hold on what, what's going on yeah. and then it it slowly hit and I mean everyone in that room the problem is everyone in the room I think except you and Pam knew it was going wrong because mm-hmm. we were looking at each other, Damien and Courtney and I, and the, I was looking at the cameramen and everyone in the room and everyone was like, eyes wide open, mouth agape, mm-hmm. being like, what yeah. are you doing? And then after it all went down, my favorite quote from yep. the day was Brennan, our cameraman, just looking at you and just went, Ian, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but I felt really I felt horrible because then yeah. later I saw you in our cast room and you were just kind of standing there and I was like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, uh, it must have been, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. And you were just like, yeah, I just, I've never hurt her that way. Yeah. And oh. I was like, I was like, ah, oh. yeah. like, you, you, and to, to hurt someone on that level when you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Like you accidentally pulled a horrible prank is what happened. Yeah. And you would never obviously do that to her. Pam Hell is no. the sweetest human. So it's hard to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it, I I I felt for both of you, and I, I think we all do. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's really funny. So when we when we broke up, uh, I was having like little sort of like anxiety attacks, and mm-hmm. and I, I kind of told her about it, and she she was like, okay, well, I have like this kind of like medication um, that you know, if you're having an anxiety attack, you could take it and it kind of kills it immediately. And she kind of like gave me like a small, like a small amount, like not like a f- yeah. full dose. Um, she's like, if you ever feel it, you know, take one of these. So I, I kept it in my backpack. I actually never ended up using it. I got better. I still had it in my backpack. And so like after, after the shoot, like I walked into the room and she was there and I was like, are you feeling okay? And she's like, no. I was like, are you, uh, I have that medication you gave me do you want it she's like yeah that's so like it strangely like came full circle full circle she seemed fine pretty quickly like she she really pulled it together very well but just it just shakes you a little oh my god yeah Yeah, well it's the context it's getting told you you were cheated on is one thing if it's told in a specific way but getting sprayed in the face with a (laughs) super soaker in front of a bunch of people yeah is bonkers. Having, having said that, I respect the hell out of you for putting out the video and acknowledging it and like talking about yeah. it now. Because I, I feel like I would have been like, no, please, like, uh, there's no way we can cut it to make this fine, like, please. But you were like, no, we, we, it happened. So. Pretty, pretty immediately, because I, I talked to you and Pam after. I was like, you guys, you know, you know, you don't have to put it out there. You can cut whatever. And both of you were like, nah, we yeah, did it. it happened. Let's yeah. do it. So this next clip is from the same episode, episode 17. Uh, Shane, Damien, and myself talk about insecurities. Yeah, because we got feelings. Enjoy. 
Do you guys struggle with any sort of like insecurities? Oh, well, oh, for sure. a reason I also, I, I think therapy is great is because, uh, you know, I don't have, I, I'm not an expert in psychology, but from the classes I've taken, like the big takeaway is that we know far less about ourselves than we think we do. Mm. So you might think you know what your insecurities exactly are, and you probably know a lot of them, or you think you know what your your issues are, but there's probably a lot that you're just simply unaware of, mm. that through a therapist asking you the right questions and just conversing with them will be brought to the forefront, and then you'll be like, oh my gosh, I wasn't aware of some of these things, that then it helps so much. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody has a lot of insecurities too. I mean, I, I have not been feeling good about my physical appearance lately, probably for the past like year, year and a half. Like if you watch older Smosh videos, I was like much thinner then. And, um, also had a lot of stomach problems, which is, you know, partially why that is. But, you know, my parents were always very physical. They met because my dad owned a gym and my mom taught aerobics there. And so like, that was always a way to like, I bet they have great photos from like the eighties. None. Literally none. What? I asked my mom for 80s photos for a potential video that we, and they're literally none. Bullshit, um, bullshit. But like, I, you know, that was a good way to get like attaboys from the parents and like, ah, you've been exercising, like that's great. And now that's not a part of my life so much because I'm just so busy doing either voiceover, Twitch streaming, or being here that I just do not have time to exercise right now and I've let myself go by the wayside a bit. But I'm trying to figure out how to still feel good about myself even if it's not in a physical way. And I've never been comfortable in my body. I was a chubby kid. But yeah, I would I would say you're you're insanely hard on yourself mm -hmm. in that regard because I don't think anyone would definitely people watching I don't think would ever claim you to be out of shape, but no. I notice all the time you talking like like oh yeah, I don't know about this shirt it makes me like uh, like this mm -hmm. or whatever or like we'll take a group photo and you're like I don't know it I don't know. I don't like how I look in that or whatever. Yeah. Or like you pointed out in videos and edits, you're like, ah, I look like this. And I'm like, I would, I would have never noticed it. Well, you're, you. you're holding such a lens to yourself oftentimes and you're being so hard on yourself. Yeah. Oftentimes we're our own biggest critics. Thank God. Cause if anyone else was worse on me, I'd be like yeah. that, that dude's just an asshole. Well, we wouldn't keep them around. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. like we're like, I, I think, you know, one of the, one of the greatest things about the people that we've sort of kept around ourselves and surrounded ourselves with here is like everyone is super supportive of each other and you know mm -hmm. we all we all want the best for each other i would hope that you know if any of us are struggling with anything that you know we would all be here for each other sure. absolutely no i love these there's no real reason for it i love the people around me um nobody's been like mean about anything on the internet which is shocking but like it just comes from within and i know it's something i've got to work on mentally as well as physically yeah um, i feel like but. i feel like i'm i'm mean to you when when you're talking shit about yourself and i'm like you shut up right now <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I do do like, that. I, I like it. Though. I feel like I'm, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'm being too mean, but I'm uh, like, I'm like, shut the hell up, Damien. Well, and I don't think those insecurities would leave you if, you know, if you got into the best shape of your life, you would mm -hmm. still. That's those insecurities are still there, and you're still gonna be like, oh, I don't, I don't know yeah. about this today, or I don't know, ah, whatever. Like, if you're insecure about your body, you're gonna be insecure about your body, and you can't. The only way to beat that is to mentally you know, counteract that or to find ways around it. I mean, you're somebody, you exercise all the flipping time. Mm -hmm. And when I see you, I think you're like the most shredded person I've ever met. <laughs> but if you're talking about those insecurities not leaving you, do you feel like you still deal with that stuff? Uh, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I'd say part of the reason I work out so incessantly is because 
Like if I go two days without working out, mm. I'll be like, oh god, I feel I feel like goo wow. today. I yeah, I hate it, and it's it changes right, like because it'll be you know y- for the longest time it was that I was like, oh, I'm too skinny. I'm like whatever. I uh, you knew up until like I want to say the age of 23 or 24, I wore jackets year round. Mm-hmm. Like even when it was like I can think night. of that black jean jacket. It's what I met you when you were wearing yeah. it. Yeah, uh, that that or that was it was like that Robert Pattinson type yeah. black black yeah. one. And then I switched to the green leather one, mm-hmm. which I would still wear when I started here. And I would wear them if it was ninety degrees outside. I'd still be wearing that jacket. And it was just just because I was just like, oh my, I don't like how my arms look today. Wow, I didn't or I don't know like that. Whatever. Really? Yeah. So so yeah. No. And then like pool parties and stuff, I'd be like, oh shit. Like, no I, way, because yeah. I feel like that, and if you feel like that, there's no hope it's, for me. It's just, it's just, I don't know, and it's, and then it changes, man. Like, because I, I definitely, you know, I can't self-diagnose, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, with like body dysmorphia and stuff, I still don't think like I'm that big. Like, I don't think I'm that buff or anything. Like, I don't, I don't, I, th- I would, I think Damn. of my body as being rather average size, but what'll happen is sometimes even if I do get bigger, then I'll just be like, oh, but it's shaped, my body's shaped weird or it wow. just looks weird or it just doesn't look good. I don't look, I just don't look like I'm in great shape. I just, whatever. Uh, so wow. it changes all the damn time and it's really tough to keep up with. And, uh, I, I really am a, you know, it's, I'm a prisoner to it sometimes because there'll be days where like, if I haven't worked out for a couple of days and then say it's, you know, uh, oh, I haven't worked out for the past two days, but today everyone's going to Disneyland. But if I go, I'm not gonna be able to make it to the gym. And I'll be like, oh, should I go? Interesting. Should I, should I go or should I go to the gym? See, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea that, you know, you struggled with this because, because I, you know, I mean, we make, we make jokes all the time and I, I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's hurtful now that I'm thinking about it, we make jokes all, all the time about how swole you are. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's, <laughs> I, I think I have gotten much better at about everything through Smosh just because not necessarily through praise doesn't really help any, any, sure, any of it. It's... In fact, sometimes I think it makes it worse. Um, a lot of the most insecure people I know physically are the models and the like best looking people I've met because growing up, they were constantly told you're so pretty. You're so attractive. So it's like, Oh, "Oh, that's my entire worth. So if I lose that, even for a moment, I'm nothing. Got it. Uh, and probably the same why people who are praised for being super smart then get super insecure if their intelligence gets, you know, questioned. But that's the thing about you too. That's interesting to me is like, you're, you're an incredibly well-rounded person. So like, yeah, you exercise constantly. You're doing fine in that department, but also you have a lot of intelligence to back it up. Your house, which we saw in the house tour is stacked with books that you've read, not even counting the books that you gave away. Cause you know, you're just not going to read them again. Um, you're always trying to like, you know, discover more things about like music. You were teaching yourself guitar right now. You're learning Spanish. Like there's so much that like, even if your physical stuff went away, even if all your books burned and you couldn't read anymore, like you would have so much to fall back on. So it's interesting to hear. And I know nothing I say can fix anything, but it's just interesting knowing that like, you know, a lot of people have one thing to build self-worth off of. You've got a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I, but we could all say that for ourselves, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot could be the exact same could be said to you, could be said to all of us that work here uh, and for so many people who are insecure. Um, And I think uh, there's an aspect of insecurity fueling that motivation. 
but mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good fuel. I think a better fuel is just enjoying life and doing things because it's fun and wanting improving yourself because improving yourself is fun. Yeah. For the sake of it, not for oh, I need to improve myself to become something that's worthwhile. Sure. Did did those insecurities become worse after your last breakup or? I actually think they were, they've gotten better, I think. And it changes, you know, as you get older, just different, just in life, insecurities just switch around. I think when I'm insecure, I am insecure about anything. And I will find the thing to be insecure about, you know, uh, I'll be like, oh, I'm short or, oh, I'm this or, oh, I'm, I'm not whatever. Like if it's, and it'll be physical or then it'll be just who I am or something like that. I mean, sure. And I think that goes for everybody. I think I think insecurity is insecurity. Um, mm. It takes many forms. I think there is a good, humble way to look at that and be like, you know, everybody can say that we all have these different talents and different things to fall back on. But I found that you are somebody, and just speaking as a friend here, I found that you are somebody that will do that all the time to the point where it's not even a sense of necessarily being humble, but you're taking victories away from yourself. Everybody has different things that they can consider, you know, a source of pride for themselves, or I should, I should hope so. And if you don't feel that way, you should definitely do some soul searching and find it because it is out there. But with how many different areas of expertise you have, Shane, I think it's okay to like every once in a while say it just for yourself. And it's not even an arrogant thing. It's like, you know what? Not everybody is able to do all these different things. Good for me, because it's not like I was born being the best runner, smartest boy in comedy. Like you work flipping hard in a lot of areas. So I would just encourage you to, you know, acknowledge that for yourself. You know, everybody has the insecurities. Everybody can fall back on stuff, but you work hard to have a lot of things you're good at. Good for Shane. Well, thanks, man. You got it. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's, it's like I said, the, the, even self-praise, it's not, I don't know. It, it, I feel that. It's not like that's like, oh, great. I am this thing. I am who I need to be to be happy, right? I, yeah. I just think the pursuit of all those things for the sake of finding happiness will never achieve it. I think when I find, when I'm able to let go of those insecurities is when I, I think honestly what it is, is, is in its own form, selfishness, right? I'm doing all these things to improve myself, whatever I'm thinking. And, but it's just that I'm thinking about myself. Mm. I'm I'm so focused in on improving myself and and becoming something that I need to be that I'm not looking outward. And so when I I let go of that and I go, you know what? I'm going to focus on my friends, my family, the people around me, and what makes them amazing. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, then you just lose yourself, and it's it's this it is kind of this euphoria, this breaking free of that prison that you yeah. get into yourself when you're just locked into your own head about what's wrong with you and what everybody's thinking about you. Instead, going no, I'm going to focus on what's great about everyone around me, what I love about them, and then you feel that connection to everyone. You go, and then you suddenly feel loved because you're yeah. looking for that when you're trapped inside yourself, but you can't feel that love because you're just inside yourself. Hmm. You're sealed away. You get out. You go, okay, I'm with everyone. Oh my God, I'm loved and I love them and great. And now I feel great. So this next clip is from episode 25 with Courtney, Noah, and Keith. And Courtney and Keith hash out some real drama and it's all about a desk. Enjoy. I used to rearrange my apartment or room like 
regularly. I know you rearranged the desk that one time. Let's <laughs> yeah. we can always Do go we back. Do we want to go there? I yeah. always want to go back to the desk. Listen, I'm, I'm still dealing with that. Really? Okay, low key on the on the real. I am. Can really? I tell? Like, let me. I'm down. I, like, this is the thing. Okay, let's talk but about. But we it. have to like take turns. Yeah, we're like, gonna talk. take turns. Okay. okay. So this is my thing. When for me, this is. <laughs> I love this. It's so Wait, old. do we need backstory? Yeah, yeah. Can I you, give quick? You could tell. You're, okay. You you were kind of the middleman. Yeah, you so are the middleman. Yeah, I witnessed it. So, like, so essentially, boom. it's a Friday. I believe Courtney started working with us on a Monday. Whatever. <laughs> Everyone's meeting. Whatever. We're in an office. It's white walls. We don't really talk to anyone. We're stuck in a room for like eight hours a day with each other. That's really it. We all have our own computer and a weird desk in each corner. Yep. That's it. Yep. That that's the. the I setup. like my corners. Yeah. And, and then I think Courtney asked, she was like, could we like do something with the room? Da, well, da, da, da. But I thought you were telling the whole story. Oh, I'll oh. tell the whole story. I'm so sorry. Okay, so then there was a group uh, talk. I believe it was our producer at the time, Sonny and Joe Beretta. I believe we all got together on that Friday, all the cast too. And they were like, hey, do you want to possibly rearrange the room? I know everyone's got individual desks, but maybe we do some sort of group desks situation or something like that. I believe we went around to ask people's opinions. <laughs> I believe it was two in the yes, three in the no, or two in the yes, two in the no. Shane wasn't around at the time. With Olivia and Keith saying, no, we don't want our stuff moved. <laughs> no on the movement. No. Courtney saying, I would really, really love it. And me saying, oh, I do like that idea. I think it would be a lot more collaborative for all of us to have desks together. Did you say that? Oh, oh yes, oh, he did. Yes, I did. I did. Yes. I said, yes, whatever. But you know what? After our conversation, I believe we landed on, we weren't going to move them yet. But the idea was, you know, accept it. 50-50 at that point. That was Friday. Monday, we all come back. <laughs> I walk in this mother. I oh. walk in the office and the desk, my desk was gone. No, <laughs> it wasn't gone. It was moved, it was moved. over by it the was moved. You pushed two desks together. Oh. Each desk had a sep separate desk as if the computer, the back of the computers would face each other. So it's like one long <laughs> desk. Like that? And yeah. two people are on it the opposite was... ends. Yes. You and me were together and then they were together. So look, I came You're in. You're still hurting from yes, this, Yes, I'm man. like, this Jesus, is the thing. I, I have trust like issues. Yeah. I, really, I should be hurting. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what I'm trying to tell you because it's like a straight up, when you tell somebody, no, I don't want something some way and I come in and the first thing she says to me and I didn't even like, uh, when you said this to me, I kind of like, like my insides just bursted. Mm -hmm. You were like, you like, yeah, I, I mixed, I moved the desk. Do you like it? <laughs> like, I just, yeah, no, that, I came in hot. Like I literally was, came in hot. Uh, with that, that with was that so note, unbelievable. When she me, asked like, me, I just met this girl and she's moving my desk. <laughs> and then she asked me if I like it when I just told her on Friday. What she like? I was like, oh my god, she's nuts. She's nuts. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking like, what did I do wrong to deserve this? That was in my head like it was the ultimate. Jeez, like, dude. Oh, like you got to understand like when I go through it, I'm going through it. Yeah, like, it's that up doesn't there. sound fun. No, it's not. It wasn't fun too, like to for someone for me to say like, "Yo, please don't." You can move anybody mm -hmm. else's, and to be told like, you know, like straight up eye contact, and then to like be pulled back, and then mm -hmm. the same person be like, "Hey, do you like it?" Uh -huh. It's like, oh my god, I'm like, "Yo, does she like? Does she? Does she want problems?" I was like, "No qualms, <laughs> no qualms." Yeah, I, I, I honestly didn't know. I was like, "Yo, she's trying to pick on me." Like, <laughs> I really felt like you were picking oh on me. Oh my god, like, that's, I had to deal with it for a long time. Yeah, like, we you went did. Our, we dude. went through our shit. Yeah, like, and I had to really deal with it, even to the point now where I think about it sometimes, and it's like fun. But I was like, dang, like this really took me to a place of just not yeah. trusting and not like we had to build that love and trust, and mm -hmm. we do have it, like mm -hmm. all by all means, like we love each other. Like Courtney, I'll text her every now and again just to be like, you know, I love you, or yeah. she'll send pictures or whatever. But like it was definitely for me, like 
out of like the like all of us it was just like damn like who can i trust in this like i'm oh, coming shit, into yeah. a whole different like situation like how am i supposed to trust someone when we have like an understanding and the understanding is just like Whoa. yeah like what up you like this i did it for you like no that was not for me <laughs> that was like all you <laughs> okay. courtney real quick before we get to your side i just yeah. want to say two things keith for me experiencing that uh number one <laughs> i did like the desks a lot more you did say 10 I, out of 10 i did enjoy the well, rearrangement you liked them. yeah i the loved thing. it yeah. I it was much more effective. She did do a great job rearranging it. Our desks <laughs> were by the windows. Each person had a window to share. It was no. done. But he had, didn't. He, Keith lost his special like spot yes. where he had his zone. Mm -hmm. I told you guys I like my corner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as much as we're a group, we are individuals that come mm -hmm. from different yep. places, struggle with different thought processes and everything. Yeah. And for me, it was just like, oh. Yeah. Boom. Mm -hmm. What up? <laughs> it was really like funny this? to see a fight happen over a desk. Yeah. Uh, then the fight. Yeah, yeah. I love you, Keith. I love you. I, I love you. you. I know you do. I trust you. We've been through a lot, mm -hmm. and like, I'm gonna say my honest opinion about that whole situation, because like, dude, I was a control freak when I came in. I was ready to make myself a part of everything and like be a part of everything, whether you guys were ready for or not. I wanted to be your best friends, and I didn't realize that some people don't like that right away. I totally came in too hot mm. um when that happened like and it may, maybe you said directly no i don't remember i thought it was like i don't know like uh -huh. i'm not was, sure was a no, that's no. what i remember but it could have been that, that. No. i still was wrong for taking your guys's space and moving it because that was not my fucking job mm. um your reaction was so shocking and like i feel terrible that it affected you for that long like it affected me terribly because it affected you so much and i was like holy shit i made this person feel so much anger and i know you didn't let it go for months mm. and like i didn't that earn was, your trust yeah. for months yeah it was like a trusting for me especially yeah. with it being like a you being a new person it was like damn like if, if this is how this is gonna go like i don't know if i can like really be cool you i know? just because we're thing so with, different we we totally are mm. and like you literally did not know me at all and yeah. like <laughs> i came at it with like a, oh like this is something exciting and new and like me rearranging is like a fun like cleanse that mm. happens in a room it's like my equivalent of like saging a place or whatever but mm. like the f like i just it was just a desk dude uh, no but mm -hmm. the desk but the the, the the it was the no that like really made me upset the it fact was the, that I it was the desk you. yeah so it was yeah. like we had this conversation it was like it was just a desk and that's how simple it was if if you just move a desk when i tell you like don't move mine mm -hmm. i said you can move everybody else's and totally. then we get to the point where you just like come in and then you ask me if i yeah. like i'm like yo this she's playing games and I i'm like and i know like, how to play i i know how people play games i know how i play games sometimes everybody plays games so in my head it just was like game yeah. we play monopoly in this hoe shit like what the fuck That's like the i thing, didn't know Keith, like it's a i have death. never experienced like, anything kid, like i don't <laughs> believe everyone's trying to play games because like my that's another that's a personal thing too yeah. for me that is a personal thing but like that no and that like even that mm -hmm. we're talking about it today like it's still kind of yeah like a, i mean it's those a are thing the foundations of, like, the the foundations of relationships yeah, it, like the legitimate yeah. love that's it here. was beginning stuff but like that sucks when it's like we're still learning each other mm -hmm. and like that experience was really hard for me too and like i i wronged you i i invaded your space it was incorrect that i did that i just couldn't believe like how long and like how harshly 
you treated me like mm. and again like we've been through whatever i fucking love you both like mm-hmm. um it was definitely like, we tried to, i tried to a- apologize and like and then like you just didn't take it well and like i started crying and then like you felt bad and hugged me there and, was like, a separation for sure yeah and that, the, the separation is just like how for you you say it was just a desk it was like for me it was just a no you know mm-hmm. just to say it's that a and, it was the, and that i feel like because of that whole like like oh you're feeling this way I'm feeling this way yeah. it was just like we had our own feelings we just it was hard for me with it being so new to understand yeah. somebody to like you yeah, know yeah you don't know my yeah, intentions yeah so I'm like so my like in my head I thought your intentions were so like just yeah. against me and I like this is something I have to work on like with people in general I don't let people in I yeah, really don't I, I struggle with it like all my friends that know me personally like on a deep level they're like yo Keith is not cool right now like what do you need like you know like mm. I just have people that yeah. support me in that way and like I do take friendship very very yeah. seriously and it was just like damn like fuck like now I gotta work with somebody who's mm-hmm. just like so like like I guess what inconsiderate for way. me you yeah. know yeah like, no it was like and that's it came across to you as inconsiderate and all this shit and it's like and it's real like you're mm-hmm. that's what you felt that and like that's truth. how it came across I am like oh this is great like I'm gonna do this thing for these guys and like maybe they'll like what I do <laughs> like, like it. I fucking drew, I fucking drew fan art of you guys I'm such a fucking yeah. dork no you're and, really like, a sweet person like I, I, that's not a problem outwardly both of you <laughs> well, communicate similarly I weirdly like those first few months like we we did not vibe well and like I, it was really hard for me because yeah. it's like for me the way I view friends all of us. at least back then oh 100% mm-hmm. like at least back then it was like oh friends the more the merrier mm-hmm. I'm not gonna check you psychologically mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you in and you're gonna learn everything about mm-hmm. me and I'm gonna trust you with my life and like for that we I've made the, some serious mistakes we are the complete opposite yeah. is what it was it's how, fucking what is it fire and ice or fire mm-hmm. and water Dude, all i'm saying we're is- complete opposites because like like you said i'm gonna allow, allow people to come in and blah 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 all mm-hmm. that i'm like yo like i'm not like mm-hmm. and i'm just like uh, that's it yeah you know what i mean and like honestly i feel like out of anybody in the group i feel like we've actually clashed the most oh yeah you know what i mean like it's just been like a it's but it's never like we can always look back in hindsight in the moment it like hurts you know for like everybody involved and that doesn't make anybody feel comfortable in the group but like on the outside looking in yeah how do you see it like Uh, honestly uh both of you communicate very similarly which is uh not how i communicate or i don't think i'm as good at it which is both of you are like very emotional people in no mm. negative but in the way we're like you guys very much are in tune with how people are feeling how like you feel and like how those things kind of connect in communication i don't know if i'm doing a good job describing what i'm trying to mm-hmm. but both of you are like I love you. I love you. give people hugs both of you very often will like affirm love or kindness for each other other people around you both of you will make sure someone mm-hmm. feels comfortable if like you notice that they don't. Um, and just to touch on the <laughs> the early days, like <laughs> really it's it's like you coming in being new, like us being stuck there in mm-hmm. like a room for like six months, yeah. mm-hmm. meeting you randomly, oh. and like you coming in with the exact same energy we had six months prior. And it's <laughs> definitely like exhausting. we did not let you in as really much as we could have. the energy right out of you. Like, no, no, the opposite. You no, gave us energy. Gave us and energy. that was That's like, not... we didn't know why you were coming in with energy because you had yet to realize what the first year mm-hmm. was like, which was like, hey, we're not announced yet. Like we're, we're mm-hmm. just kind of secretly doing this and that. Like, um, So it kind of, we, we pretty much spent 
months just in the same room together. There wasn't much space. There wasn't much mm-hmm. to do. Ugh. So it makes sense that, <laughs> that they we would were be in a, like a like a boring white office room, like kids that have never really mm-hmm. really had real jobs. It looks like your teacher's you. desk. I think Courtney was the only one that had like a real job because you worked at a pharmacy. But yeah. like for well, you the, did rest the taco of, stand. That wasn't like a like a job like a grown up job mm-hmm. though. That's like some kid like let's mm-hmm. go like make some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a few little restaurant situations, but like we were just in this white room. Like I don't even know that they knew what they wanted to do with us or Mm -hmm. how like what the situation what we actually were Mm -hmm. like guys you got to realize we are five different types of people so different different. like just the way like i mean beyond the way we look you know and everything all together like the way that we all came together y'all it's like something that like people don't have and will never have and i'm like five pieces from different puzzles somehow fit it fit it fit and like that's the thing beyond it fitting like the way that it fits now we had to find how it to fit it how the puzzle mm-hmm. works like it was like i look back at like how i handled a lot of things in the beginning just like with like even this situation i'm like dang i could have like softened up a little bit or I like listen you know i could have you know I like could've fucking relax we could have did all that but like the way that this like at the end of the day we're not at the office as much as we used to yeah. be but mm-hmm. like i'm telling you the love that i have for you courtney the love that i have for shane like ian like it's real it's mm-hmm. real shit mm-hmm. for me yeah. like i had to grow to love i feel like we all had to grow to love different people mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's so cool it's so cool people will never get this opportunity no ever and after experiencing the being in that room with you guys so much i wouldn't want to do that with the person i love most i would not want to be in the same room stuck with that person all the time no matter how much i love them Mm because that's too much you need that being said i would not trade those experiences no i'm so glad we had them but i wouldn't built us like i wouldn't like oh you have the opportunity to work 10 hours a day with your favorite sibling and you like do you want to do it i'm like no no i just want to do what what i've gotten enjoy them when i have them like what we have now but like yeah i think we all grew so much not like mm. not just together as mm-hmm. a group but like independently mm-hmm. because we were learning how to coexist with people so we didn't wouldn't normally yes. we keith you and i specifically i feel like we have very big personalities mm-hmm. and like we're very passionate and like we feel very hard yeah and so mm-hmm. that's why like the clashes like they we feel that clash yeah, like, the, like harder than what we should mm-hmm. like honestly harder yeah. than what we should mm-hmm. like i feel like in the moment it, there we can validate it all day like you know what i mean but like hindsight we is like we just we yeah. we some cry babies. We some cry babies. We some I'm cry baby. Babies. <laughs> That's baby. That's baby right baby. there. That's my baby. So this next episode is the So Random Smoshcast episode featuring Damien Shane, Allison Ashley Arm, and Matthew Scott Montgomery. And they talk about a sketch that was done on So Random that was so bad that it never aired. Enjoy. So my favorite story, one of my top five favorite stories of all time is we did a sketch <laughs> that never made it to air. Thank God. Called Teeny in a Bottle. And I forget, oh, it was, sweating. I know it was Matthew Scott and myself. Were we and the, was, uh, you were the dad. You were I the was dad. the dad. I was the son. Tiff- uh, Tiffany, Tiffany was my was wife or, or baby and mama. Audrey was Audrey your. Audrey was my sister. Was So we were the children. So the sketch was uh, like a, a 60s sitcom, like a 60s sitcom <laughs> I family. I was like cleaning out the basement. I was like, hey kids, yeah. I found this lamp in the basement. Want to rub it? <laughs> <laughs> and then out of it, out of this genie lamp that we find comes a 
teenage genie who doesn't grant any wishes because she's sassy and doesn't want to like. It can't she's be She's a teenager. Yeah. She's like an angry, sassy teen. There was a lot of issues with uh, the girl who played the. the she played teeny. Who played teeny. She had to be painted and they painted her green, but that wasn't working. So the producers were so focused on her and how she was doing the character that Matthew Scott and I were just like, let's give the worst performances <laughs> of our lives. We were running behind on time. Yeah. The actress's name was Coco Jones. She was having a really hard time with the material. She was also like a toddler. She was she also looked like, like an adult, but she was like 11, 12. You know, the, the notes they're getting from the network or whatever, that was like everything she was doing was like too negative or like would be a bad right. influence on kids. But that was kind of how it was written. Yeah. So on the fly, they're trying to rewrite it to make it more positive, but it's not working. She's half in green makeup. <laughs> what was the line about being adopted? I don't even know. Like, but, there was some line where it's like, "What's what do you want to wish for? And like, you or Audrey's like, I wish I weren't adopted. And like, it, <laughs> do you remember that? Dark. And it, we like were improv and they're like, okay, and moving on. We're like, what? <laughs> I, dude, no. I, so we start this, and, I, and Matthew Scott and I had talked, but we're like, let's go insane with this. Yes. So, <laughs> I'm I'm, gonna see, and I'm thinking, I'm going to go nuts. And all of a sudden, Matthew Scott just goes, a genie. Yes, literally. <laughs> do you remember the face, though? I I was watching this on the like closed circuit TV in the dressing room, and I you I think he said you turned to Matthew Scott at one point. He just went like they're just yes. gritted teeth, yes. eyes looking like they're gonna pop out of his they're face. Sick. You looked both angry and happy at the same time. So, we were oh running God. way behind, and the last shot we had to get was like the opening credit shot where it's like, and that's teeny or whatever it was, and it was a shot of me and my family shoved around each other and like Coco popping up between us, and we only had time for one take, and so instead of me saying the line, that's teeny, I literally would go, <laughs> like literally like that, be the most... <laughs> There was moments where you just were screaming in it, where it was just like she like react. She's like she's like I'm not gonna grant that Adam wish. <laughs> and no one corrected me. No one corrected me. And then they were like, okay, checking the gate. Time to go to lunch. And I was like, that's gonna be. I was I was laughing no, through most. Not. I was laughing through most of the takes. Yes. I didn't have a line delivered where I wasn't like, oh, what a genie. And we only shot our stuff once because they didn't have time. So we knew they were going to have to use those things. You had a part where you folded your arms, but you but didn't, didn't touch. You did they, your arms did not touch. You just like weirdly like, folded them. Oh my God. It was absolutely insane. And they said nothing. We're like, we're they giving. never even looked at me. <laughs> Damien was watching it on the monitor. And I come back, I'm like, did you watch it? He's like, no. Do you yeah. Happened? <laughs> Everyone's watching on the monitors in the dressing room. And they were so disturbed by what we were doing that they came out to set. Like, is everything okay? <laughs> like, what's happening? But they were so concerned with Coco that they never looked at us. Uh, it was Oops. the most, it's, it is the hardest I've ever laughed. I went, there's this guy, Skip, who was editing, and I went to him in the editor's bay a couple weeks later. I was like, can I please watch Teeny in a Bottle? He's like, oh, no, we scrapped all of that. Oh. He was like, we couldn't use any of that. I was like, oh, my God. Is this just deleted? Bummer. It's I, not even. I, w I mean, I would give anything to watch all Same. that stuff now. Oh, man. Same. There were so many funny moments. Oh, man. Oh, man. What a bad sketch. Right, guys? There's no one else here in this room. <laughs> well, this next uh, clip comes from episode 33, and it's myself, Noah, and Keith. And Keith opens up out of nowhere about how he hasn't been feeling so good and the steps that he's taking to be happier and healthier. So, Keith, you've... you've um... You've made some changes in your life? 
Oh, yeah, I have, actually. Not as much as people think. Uh, like, I've been trying to get a lot more healthy. I've been trying to go on hikes because, like, I do have a lot more free time. Yeah. And I see that I am starting to gain weight. I'm 27 years old now. Uh, don't tell nobody but God, but I'm 27 <laughs> years old and weight is sticking to me like never before. 27 is the turning point. That's that's the that's the final dying gasp of our metabolism. So let me just say this. So I, I went, uh, I weighed myself. I didn't even know like one of my roommates has like a scale in the bathroom and I never weigh myself. I don't really, I weigh myself, but like not that often. Mm-hmm. And I happened to look over and I was like, Okay, let me just weigh myself. Let me see where I'm at because my weight fluctuates. You know what I'm saying? It just say up and down, up and down. So I ended up weighing myself and I was like 140 or 141. I can't remember. My memory's not that good anymore. <laughs> and uh, like by the next week or the week after that, I want to say I was 145 and I had started hiking. I had started like doing, you know, like a couple push-ups, <laughs> like not ah. like just a few, just a few, like 10, 20 here, yeah. 30 if I'm feeling real nice. Nice. But I've been doing that. But like, to gain weight i know it's not muscle like i know it's not muscle <laughs> so like i i also have to eat healthier mm-hmm. and i just i honestly have to like honest like just monitor what i eat what i do what i drink i can't drink beers as much y'all know i love a free beer at kitchen 24 mm-hmm. uh, i shouldn't have said that you guys are gonna <laughs> find me there i'm going after this <laughs> good lord but like uh like dead ass y'all like i i looked at the the the, the scale the the next two weeks or so and I like weighed 145 and that scared me because I was like, yo, I'm actually trying to like take, you know, precaution and just like, you know, yeah. weigh this shit out. Yeah. Dang. Drinking's a big one, man. Mm-hmm. It's it, that that'll catch up for also sure. Getting the right it, it caught me. <laughs> <laughs> it caught. I'm starting to get like on my sides right here. Yo, I'm starting. Oh, you get, got the love handles? Like beyond side. My mom calls them side items. <laughs> I got side uh, items, but they also got some dents in them. And I'm like, well, damn, I ain't never had no dents. Like potholes everywhere. They some little wow. cute ones. <laughs> this like kind of like a beanie baby. You know how like when you touch it, and it's just yes. like the little like thingies in there. That's how like my side items are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely been like working out. I'm going hiking after this is why I'm dressed like this. I'm very, you know, like comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, get you a shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. This is you fun. gotta you gotta get the slush cult um, merch before it's all gone. Mm-hmm. The collab, it's good shit. It's really good. This shirt's actually incredibly like comfy. This material is super nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this that is one. this that is the last too. limited edition, um, <laughs> which fresh. is super dope. But the hat is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a straight up custom. Yeah, stitch. It's just what is this called? The five panel? Except I don't know how many. Uh, panels it's a camp camp hat. Camp I like hat? how this yeah. turned into a commercial, and it's not about me anymore. Sorry, it's okay. Get your stuff though. Get your get your get get, get, get your merch. Smash that store. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Back to um, you, Keith. But definitely, um, just like trying to watch myself. And the funny thing is, like people think that I'm better. Uh, Ryan was talking to Olivia. Um, recently and he was like yo like how's Keith and he's asking her questions and she's like yo he's like healthier he seems happier and guys I am fighting so hard for my happiness you know what I mean I like uh, when he brought it up earlier because you know we do talk about a little bit about like what we're going to talk about before we get here you yeah. know just to like have a understanding of where things could go and I started thinking when he asked me I was like yo like I think I might be more depressed than I've ever been. And I beat myself up when I'm alone and everything. And I'm like, I'm fighting. And I feel like, oh, like even saying it, I'm about, I'm kind of getting emotional. Like just honestly, like fighting for my life. 
You know what I mean? Really? And it's yes, yes. And I find myself, you know, like I, I go to church and everything, and I'm just trying to find something. Like I mean, like I'm not here all the time. You know what I mean? We don't come in Monday through Friday. I have a lot more time. I'm auditioning and stuff now more so, and you know, like ideas. It's like what makes me happy. Yeah. Like what do I enjoy? Like what's what what's my identity? Like who am I? Like I'm really going through it, y'all. Like when you have, like so many people watching you you have to you start to watch yourself more and yeah. to the point where you judge yourself way more than what you ever like would have if you only had a couple people you know eyes mm -hmm. on you but I, I honestly realize i am like i'm pushing through i'm persevering i take pride in perser like just persevering and moving forward but like i am doing these things and like just because I don't feel the best. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I don't feel 100%. I'm trying to find it. I'm searching, y'all. I am searching. And the only way to, like, do, I'm doing something new. I used to make fun of people for hiking. And now I'm like, <laughs> yo, I see why people do it. I see why people work out. Remember, I will always say, like, I'm not working out for shit. I'm not doing this. Like, yeah. no, it's stupid. I didn't have to. Now my body's changing. Like, that's one thing. But, like, just the things that you're, that you're psyche and your mental, like, I have to do that for that. Yeah. Like, just going on the hike. I get down like out the first day. Let me just start by the first day. The first day I did the hike, I had drank the day before. Just being transparent, being very transparent right now, guys. I drank the day before, and me and my homeboy from Ohio, Zach, we had the idea to go. And we had it for a week, like a couple weeks, but I just never did it. But this time, like, I ended up waking up and I got a message from him. He said, Yo. And this was like 30 minutes before we were supposed to go because I was going to bail. Like, I, like, I was going to bail. Like, just straight up. I was like, Hungover. I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> like I'm dehydrated. And like, how, late, how late were you up the night before? Uh, I want to say two or three. So like, and then like, but this is the thing. He hit me up at ten thirty. So I can like, okay. I can move and like, you know, make mm. things work. Like I'm a professional. He ended up like FaceTiming me. Like after like I seen a message and no, I FaceTimed him. And I was like, bro, you know, hopefully that he would like be like see my face. Like mm. okay, like he doesn't want to do it. But he was like, are we still doing it? I was like, yes. And I got up. I jumped up. And y'all, it was the worst decision of my life. <laughs> I felt like I was going to die. I was walking up there. He brought his dog. So we're going. I'm like, oh, my God. I just started walk, got out the car and I'm walking up this damn hill and my calves are on fire. What is yeah. going on with me? What happened? And I'm guessing, <laughs> did he not? And I'm guessing he probably didn't bring water. You know I ain't bring water. You know I brought wow. some soda. No, I'm playing. I didn't oh, bring okay. soda. <laughs> but I brought some water and I'm walking up and we start getting up there. We stop. He had to make a phone call. He does like really estate or some stuff so like we stopped and we're talking i'm like well this is great this is great we stop it we're having a good time i'm like on my phone like face like uh instagram and you know just you know making content and then we started walking but we go like up this like this steep ass heel and we walked up it almost slipped and i don't have good gym shoes gym shoes tennis <laughs> shoes what are they sneakers i don't know mm -hmm. the hiking shoes so like i kind of slipped and i was like okay we get up there like to this like weird area and we do push-ups i'm like okay this is cool i shouldn't have did the push-ups y'all shouldn't have did uh... the push-ups and i should have had water started walking i'm like okay we're talking after like five minutes into it y'all i felt the, the the wind it was hot then it got cold. And then I was like, whoa. <laughs> I ain't never felt like this before. What's going on? What's going on? So I keep walking. I'm like, he looks back. He's like, Keith, are you okay? And I was like, 
no. <laughs> but we keep walking. I'm like, I'm going to keep it going. I'm like hoping like somehow, some way he would see, like he could tell that I wasn't good. And every, like his dog wasn't either. His dog had like a fucking chinchilla fur on. <laughs> what? Yeah, the dog had a full ass chinchilla one second, fur. One second, one like second. Chinchilla pump. is the <laughs> finest fur according to Jay-Z. That's what I'm saying. The oh, dog no, had on chinchilla? Yes, yes, a whole chinchilla fur. So he's just panting. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, do you see your dog? Your dog's dying. Your dog's dying. <laughs> and we keep walking he's like are you okay I'm like no don't ask me that again let's keep going like if you're not gonna ask me to go down let's just keep going so we keep going we got up there yo I felt like I was gonna die I didn't feel good but like once like I, you know how they tell you don't sit down like and put your hands behind your head mm-hmm. mm. definitely sat down definitely Ooh. did not do that I was that bad like I didn't feel like I was gonna make it and I didn't have water and I will never walk up a damn hill at all I don't care what hill if it's just a hill like this that I just and I walk over this I'm carrying some water with me but did not feel good uh, but at the same time at the end I realized how much just like getting through it was for me like just moving getting over the hill y'all like honestly mm-hmm. getting over the hill and fighting for it yeah. because I did not feel good I did not feel good and I don't, I don't feel good right now mm-hmm. so I'm just being honest just so, so you know I, it doesn't matter how you get there okay all that matters is that you make it to the other side because it's the climb oh is that Miley Cyrus? That's Miley Cyrus. I might have misquoted. You. I was serious. I almost cried and shit. You <laughs> yeah. <quote>. yeah. Also, <laughs> should even write that. <laughs> I mean, and, and plus, if you keep doing the climb, like it'll only get easier. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's and it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. Like, if you just keep committing to that, no, every single time is gonna be easier than the last. Mm-hmm. And then. You know, maybe one day you'll run up that thing. Oh, I got to stop doing a few things for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last clip of the episode. Uh, this is from episode 40 where Olivia shares with Courtney, Noah, and Shane uh, about how when she was a child, she made all sorts of weird friends. Here it is. You always yeah. know someone, like, er, earlier today I was like, oh, I've been thinking about doing acupuncture, and you're like, I have a guy that does acupuncture. I know a lot of, I, I know a lot of, I have a lot of sources, mm-hmm. uh, but then it's also also because I grew up in LA, so like, yeah, I true. you know, at age 15, I was going to weird places, just doing some investigating work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was I'm a detective. No, that. I would just like, I, I didn't have anyone to talk to only child syndrome I would just go linger at like I remember like at dollar stores or like <laughs> liquor stores did you still oh have your uh, roller backpack <laughs> yeah it was linger so funny dollar linger, stores yeah and, and I, I met just... many interesting people no yeah. and I would just ask them a lot of questions and talk and like I would become friends with them and okay hold on we gotta Olivia, how have I known you for four and a half years? And I didn't know that when you were a kid, you would linger around dollar stores and meet people and find out about their lives. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys did. Wait. What is your childhood? Well, because um, my first really good friend that I had in middle school was actually the custodian. Um, wow. We like Because my mom wouldn't pick me up for three. Well, ever since elementary school, my mom would not pick me up for like two or three hours. And then I'd be like, mom. And then she'd open the trunk. Like, ah, I was at Kmart. And like she was like shopping and like you guys can't really it's it's very rare where I find someone who can relate to my mm-hmm. childhood because my mom would just like leave me at school or like mm-hmm. leave me <laughs> in middle school. And in middle school, I stopped going to after school classes because I hated it. So I would just like wait three hours like school would end at three. I would she'd pick me up at six and I would hang out with like 
I would hang out around the, there was a dollar store. I'd go hang out and they would close at like five. And then I'd go back to school and hang out with the custodian. Wow. Was the, the custodian was cool? So cool. Was was, and that was your first best That's friend. That's cool. What was we were name? very close. Um, I honestly forgot, but we talked about his kids. Aww. And then, yeah, it was. Talk about like, you know. Shit. I would follow him around, <laughs> trade Pokemon cards, and then I would help him with the with this. I, I, I truthfully, that's what I did, and I really Solve liked mysteries it. under the school. And then I, I used to go to this. I would go to this place called Bentoya, and I would hang out with. What is your? I'd walk down the block and just like I made my stops. I'm like, hey, how you doing today? Wow, you Aww. were like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, but it was just this street with a dollar store. And there's a liquor store. Just hang out. Hey, Olivia. Hey, Olivia. <laughs> hey, how's your wife doing today? Are you guys going on the cruise? I can actually relate to the. I still have to like address this with my mom because it's something I really recently figured out because I'm pretty sure I was left places too, like yeah. Mac- McDonald's Play Place or like Barnes and Noble. Yeah. See, my mom would pick me up and I would have to then go to the YMCA because she would have a couple more hours of work and I would just chill at the gym. Wow. I wouldn't work Whoa. out. I was just a kid. I was just like, no. I was very, <laughs> I was very shy. Uh-huh. I would often have like a Game Boy or something, or mm-hmm. I would just like chill around. You missed out. My first video game experience was a, a gym daycare playing Spyro. Oh, that's wow. cool. I was like Hoda. Hoda? You know who she is? No. Well, she you're talking about. Wait, oh, I thought that was from a video Good Morning game. America. Yeah. You, why are you like Hoda? What does that have I, to do? Because I interviewed everybody. <laughs> So you so you you interviewed the custodian. You also interviewed the liquor store. Yeah. Uh, like, and you were just a kid. How old were you? I wasn't interviewing them. I was just talking to them. I was how bored. how old were you though? Like that was when I was fourteen, thirteen. Oh, uh, you just wow. walk in and be like, "What's up, Marty?" And he'd be like, "How's it going?" He'd be like, "How's your day going?" He's like, "Selling alcohol." And you're yeah. like, "That's pretty cool." Can I have some? He's like, "No." And you're like, no, "Okay." No, I, and then and then I and then I and then I started getting a car, and that's when it got dangerous. Oh, because then go? you would drive around all of LA and interview <laughs> yeah, everyone. Yeah. Well, no, no, because then I went to this bookstore on Melrose and I met this dude, and he was the first guy that he <laughs> he was the first guy tried I to ever kidnap met. You. No, no, he told me about like, um, <laughs> why am I being so random right now? Please, like they, like uh, they, you know, like there's a form of art, performance art, where mm-hmm. they would put hooks. In their bodies. In their bodies. Oh. And dangle from like a ceiling. Like the weird stuff. And so this guy that you met at a bookstore would do that. Oh, no, no, no. He was the first one. Okay. When when I was 16. What? Uh, what sorry. Are, that was what? actually the second most memorable guy. What just happened? The first guy was actually I met at, at an amoeba. You know amoeba? Yeah, this guy. Amoeba's a giant record store yeah, yeah. In, LA. in LA. It's about to close down. Oh, but yeah. I met this guy. I think his name was. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot his name already. He had curly hair. Anyways, he introduced me to a lot. I know this sounds really creepy, but we were truly friends. I look like a little boy, anyways. So, like, I, and like there was nothing. Is like, that better? I know. I, I was very, like, like <laughs> not um, mm-hmm. scary, you mm-hmm. know? And he introduced me to a bunch of awesome movies. Um, and then he also was like, oh, yeah, I'm also making a documentary about people who were in Psycho. The movie Psycho? Yeah. Mm. And, and then this I was a long other. time ago. You remember these conversations. Yes. Did you, were, but did, after these one meetings They were not people, one meetings. I, you would be consistent I'm friends consist- with these people. Yeah, we're Facebook friends. Wow. You still talk to these people? No. 
Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. They're absolutely insane. That's They're crazy. But well, I remember being so, in- because when you think about it, I grew up in a bubble and then I would go out into the city and I'd meet a bunch of people and obviously I would like to know about their lives. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because they lived a life that I did. I have to I have to admit, this. you make a lot more sense now. Like, <laughs> who you are makes a lot more sense now that I know that your childhood was a Diablo <laughs> Cody movie. <laughs> you were just walking around <laughs> repeating like, yeah, my best friend's a janitor, a stripper, and a liquor store owner. Yeah. <laughs> and a guy who dangles from books. Yes. Dude, this guy invited me to a show, too. I was like, oh, no, 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 I can't. Oh, wow. Is it called chandeliering? What is that called? I don't know what it's called, but um, because this guy had a lot of body jewelry on him, mm-hmm. and then he was telling me more and more. And I think they didn't have an outlet. You know, how many customers go to the store and ask them about what they do outside of the store? Yeah, well, I'm wow. at a bookstore. I'm assuming people are going to ask about books. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this book's really good. Do you... <laughs> Hook, put hooks in your body and hang the ceiling no, ever. He, I remember this. this wow, no one's ever asked me that before. You're never gonna believe this. It's my passion. Wow, you want to be best friends for right now, but then we'll just be Facebook friends later. And I'll never talk to you again. I mean, it's it's. I I learned. I mean, it, I liked. I enjoyed doing that way more than being at school. Mm. No, that's awesome because my days after school were so fucking boring at the high school library, ignoring Johnny. Wow. My life is nothing compared to yours, Olivia. That's you were in L.A. too? Uh, not until I was 16. Mm-hmm. You could have hung out with me. We probably hung out. We probably were you at some point. You guys have a lot of like, similar we friends. We have a lot of similar friends that we were probably at the same party at some point. I was that's not. So I was out. You were off hanging out with uh, <laughs> Hookmaster Jim. <laughs> I'm, you were hanging out with the mime you met at Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but even now, you, you could ask Sam too. Even now, like. Like, I love, like, meeting people and just asking no, them. Yeah, you're a very curious person. You love mm-hmm. to, like, talk to people and ask questions. I, I, I believe, that's the thing. I believe everything you're saying. I know you're not making this up, and mm-hmm. that's why it's so insane and funny to me. Well, that does it for the trip down old Smoshcast memory lane of 2019. Guys, This again, this was our first ever year of doing podcasts. We had a whole heck of a lot of fun. I, I love all my friends, just bringing them in here, talking about stuff, sharing weird things with you guys. I hope you guys learned something from it, or at least we're just entertained. It's been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to 2020 podcasting some more. So if you're not subscribed to Smoshcast yet on any of the podcast listening apps, go do it. Rate us five stars. Help help the grow the Smosh family. And also check us out on the uh, YouTube. That's uh, youtube.com slash Smoshcast. And you can see our pretty faces while we talk. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but, you know, if you want to see this stupid face, I'm looking forward to 2020. We'll see you guys next time. Mwah.